0: Greetings all, and welcome to Margin Call, the podcast and editorial meeting for Quest On Media. I'm your host, Russell Morse. For the past few weeks, and I know you're going to call me on this, faithful listeners out there, I've started every single show by saying, this is a special show. Tonight is so special. I'm really excited because tonight is an extra special episode. And I'm going to keep my streak going by saying, people, listeners, fellows, fans, supporters, tonight is a very special show. But I have a reason for it. I'm not just saying it to say it, uh, It's special for a couple of reasons. Number one, Yiming Piancai, who is our fearless leader, who I shout out every episode for being the person who keeps us sounding good, the person who keeps us on task, the person who fixes everything in editing that I do wrong. The, the reason we're here is Yiming Piancai. I always shout her out for that. She is a guest on the show today. She's not just our producer. It's like, you know, it's like, I'm not only the haircut president, I'm also a client. It's like, I'm not only the margin call producer, I'm also a guest. Uh, and that, no matter what the subject matter is, that just makes me very, very happy. So that's a long, long introduction to Yiming Piazza, who's one of our guests tonight. Uh, and part of the reason that it's a special episode. Our other guest is Kat. And the reason this is special is because Kat has been on the show before. However... It was not a show that I was hosting, and the reason I wasn't hosting that show is because I was not qualified to host that show, for a reason that's very relevant to tonight's show. Because I'm also technically not qualified to host this show either, but I'm fearless and I have confidence. So, Kat appeared on the the Game of Thrones episode, uh, which you know was back, you know, what feels like a million years ago, when everybody was talking about Game of Thrones, even though it was probably just a matter of weeks. She was fantastic on that episode. I listened to it. I was like, E-Ming, who is this person, Cat? We got to have her back on the show. She needs to be like our pop culture correspondent. She's like an encyclopedia of popular culture. Uh, so th- the fact that the two of them are here uh, already makes me very happy. But our subject matter tonight, these episodes are always fun. You know, we talk about a lot of stuff on the show. We, we talk about political themes. Um, you know, we, we talk about immigration. We talk about criminal justice And every once in a while, we get to have a really thoughtful discussion about popular culture, about films, about music, about television. And tonight is one of those episodes. You're in for a treat, people. Sit tight. It's only going to get better from here. Because so far, I've been the only one talking, and you'll be you'll be surprised to hear this. But I'm the least interesting person on the show tonight. (laughs) Not that I'm going to share airtime necessarily equally. You know, I'm still going to be talking too much, but. I know. <laughs> when our guests do have the opportunity to talk, which I assure you is coming soon, uh, you're going to the... be blown away. You're going to be blown away. <laughs> All right. cat, cat, fine. Yes. All right. I've cleared my throat. <laughs> we have our introduction. Uh, I, I want to start with you because uh, when we pulled you in for this episode tonight to do uh, pop culture, you had a few suggestions. Uh, the first two were uh, two films that are in theaters right now that everybody's talking about. One is Toy Story 4, the other one is Spider-Man: Homecoming. Let me start with Far
1: from Home. Far from Home, Russell.
0: Ding, <laughs> See what I mean? About- ding, <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Need- one
1: th- slash listen, zero. Listen,
0: guys, <laughs> <laughs> listeners, listeners, this is gonna happen a lot tonight, okay? So if we stop to hit the gong every time take I take a something shot, wrong- everybody,
1: we're gonna get really fucked up this episode. One. Wait, what's
0: what's Homecoming?
1: That was the, the first one. one the
0: first one wait wasn't the first one spider-man
1: no (laughs) and this
2: marvel uh, cinematic universe for this spider-man homecoming's the first one for him
0: okay thank you this is why we're doing this show this is why we're doing this show this is uh, another thing i should tell you about tonight's show is although i watch a lot of films kat i've tried to explain this to you before the show like slash apologize you know, sometimes I miss things. You know what I'm saying? Like Marvel movies. I'm interested, but I just missed a bunch of them and then I really couldn't catch up. It's kind of like the 40 year old version. You know, it's like if it doesn't happen at first, then it really doesn't happen. And then it's too late and you think it's never going to happen. That's basically my relationship to the Marvel oh universe.
2: <laughs>
0: it's a pop culture reference. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's meta. Good job. Thank you. Thank you for appreciating that, Kat. You're very patient with me. So, uh, yes, Spider-Man not homecoming. Spider-Man going home. Wait, what is Far it? Far Spider- from Man, home. Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider- Far
1: <laughs> from home. We're
2: going to call it Spidey 2 for
0: this podcast. Episode. Spidey 2. Spidey 2. Now in theaters, folks. Uh, and, and another sequel, Toy Story 4. So let's start with Toy Story because I have seen every other Toy Story film except for this one. Um, I don't know what your relationship is to Toy Story, Cat, but please tell us what you thought about the first three films and then tell us a little bit about how the fourth one treated you.
2: Okay. I'm like, I don't know how to begin. I saw Toy Story back in 95 when I was a child. Um, You know, that movie, I think I read somewhere online how they kind of broke it down. The first Toy Story, you know, taught you to believe in anything that's possible. As a kid, you know, toys... You don't know if your toys are alive or whatever, but it it gives you that belief of just imagination and going to infinity and beyond, trying new things, meeting new people. That's the first movie. Second one was showing about loyalty and who are in family, about what's dear to you. And even through all the changes and stuff, you know, who are you close to, who is in your your made up family, even if you're not related to them, you know, it gives you a sense of like just unity and coming together. The third movie talked about, you know, we're growing up, we're maturing, you gotta let things go, you know, you gotta do changes in big ways as far as just like, you know, you're in a whole new chapter in your life, whether you know you're buying a house, you're starting a family, or, spoiler alert, you're getting rid of your toys. Um, It was a very emotional movie. That movie tore me to pieces, but it was a great movie. But Toy Story 4. I thought we were done. I thought we were all grown up. Hold my beer. Toy Story 4 <laughs> dives into all the emotions of Toy Story 3, but then extends it more to places I didn't even think I had emotions. I still have like residue emotions in me. They drug that out, stomp on it, set it on fire, and I was left just a crying mess at the end. And it really just taught me oh, you know, I'm an adult, you know, I'm in my 30s. I got got a good grip on adulthood. Oh, no, I don't. I do not. (laughs) This movie made me realize I need to rethink my life and my priorities and stuff and just accept stuff that I cannot change and to move on on stuff that maybe I I didn't let go in the past or stuff that's happening, I should just figure a way to just make do with it and come to peace with it. Like, that movie broke me down.
0: That is a first of all a fantastic synopsis of the first three films, which had never occurred to me. I'm like looking, thinking about those movies now and being like, "Oh yeah, it was like that. Oh yeah, I did do that." Uh, and also, I'm more intrigued now about seeing the fourth one uh, than I have been based on any other reviews. So, Kat, you should work for Pixar and Disney and, <sighs> or whoever's making those movies now because that was uh, I'm in, I'm in. Uh, I will say, I think everyone would agree, Toy Story three was just almost too emotional like almost too too much and my experience of that film was compounded by what was like also one of the most emotional days of my life i'm not trying to get heavy i'm not trying to get dark i'm just telling you something happened in my life Mm -hmm. you know uh the day that i saw toy story 3 this is not a joke or anything was the day of my dad's funeral the very day of the funeral my dad was sick my my dad was sick for a long time and you know, we had a service, it was a beautiful service, it was like, he was a very positive guy, so the service was a very happy, joyful thing where everybody's telling stories and laughing, so it was like, you know, it was sad, obviously, but it was all, it's just emotions. Every emotion you can imagine, you know, yeah. and he loved the Toy Story films, he, re- he loved cartoons, he loved animation, and my mom, even though they had been separated for many, many, many years, came to the funeral out of love, you know, and, and to support us, and, you know, me and my mom and my brother afterwards like, well, you know, you leave the funeral. And like, well, what are you going to do now? You know, it's like you got two choices. You get drunk or you go to the movies. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so we chose to go to the movies. <laughs> and we went to, it was appropriate. Toy Story 3 was in theaters. And as soon as the movie started, I was like, I'm going to start crying in this movie. I am going to cry in this movie. I don't know when it's going to happen. And I didn't even know anything yet about how emotional it was. And by the time they get to the point, spoiler alert, that they're like rumbling down to the incinerator, yeah. and Woody like goes out to. They're all holding hands. I was like, I, I can't handle this, man. This is this is too much of an emotional day already. Even if I didn't have this other emotional baggage, I wouldn't be able to handle this. But I think that's a real testament to the films. Like that's what we want from our art. That's what we want from our films. We want to feel. We want to feel the relationships. And if the theme of today's show is like reboots slash sequels. Even if I'm critical sometimes of too many sequels or too, you know, movie franchises that sprawl out forever, one of the advantages I feel of of movie franchises like that, like whatever, like Harry Potter and, you know, Marvel and all of that, is that you really get to know those characters. So by the time things are, are in the third, fourth, fifth movie are happening to them, that are meaningful. It's like, these are like people you know. And based on your description of Toy Story 4, I might not be ready for it. I hope I don't have to go to a funeral that day. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I hope I don't have to go to a funeral that day for a lot of reasons, you know what right. I'm saying? <laughs> but my, my, my emotional wherewithal, I, I just might not be prepared. Right. Um, so I, I, I'm happy to hear that you liked it. I've heard, like, kind of mixed reviews. Some people have said, like, I loved it. It changed my life. Uh, some people have said, like, oh, you know, it wasn't as good as the first three, but it's still a lot of fun. Uh, but yours, your, your, you know, enthusiastic support, I think, has kind of pushed me back. I was like, I gotta see it in theaters. I'm not waiting till it comes on, you know, iTunes or whatever. So, mm-hmm. much, much appreciated. e have you seen Toy Story 4 or no. just are you one, interested? One, just what one, are your...
1: three. I will eventually, probably towards the end of its run.
0: Even after <laughs> what Kat said, you're still like, oh, I'll wait, whatever.
1: No, I mean... I don't know. It just it's it's a matter of time and a matter of money. So that's kind no, of yeah. so. Yeah like, yeah,
2: like when you guys see it, like I didn't read up on any synopsis or anything. I just went in knowing I love the characters, and then you get this full new story that you super get invested into, and it's like the the humor is hilarious. Like the character, new characters are hilarious. You will love them, but then the characters you love do a lot of things that you're just like, oh, my gosh. Like, your emotions just, you know, they hurt or they just move you. And you're like, wow, I love these toys for, like, over 25 years. That's so – like, there are toys. When you think about it, there are toys, too. And I think that's why it's so – We're all Andy. We're all Andy. (laughs) And it's just, like –
0: my feelings well i so is there you know i don't want to give too much away for our listeners who may not have seen the film but just for my own knowledge like is there some kind of scene towards the end of the film where like thanos thanos comes in with like some kind of power glove (laughs) and he turns and he turns turns buzz lightyear into like a bunch of little tiny triangles that would be hilarious if
2: buzz had to (laughs) fight thanos and buzz knew who thanos was that
1: would be (laughs) we need,
0: <laughs> we need these every, Disney owns everything, so we right. need we need these franchises to be interacting more often. I need...
1: Well, maybe the le- the next Lego movie though. <laughs> oh yeah, or next well, Kingdom Hearts yeah. game, next yeah. Kingdom Hearts game for sure.
0: Well, my brother plays a video game that is like a fighting game, uh, or there's like a lot of different games in it. You, maybe you guys can help me with this, but it's like a Disney universe thing where like you could actually be Spider-Man, but like you could fight um uh what you know like a disney princess you know what i'm saying like (laughs) every universe is present i don't know i'm gonna find out for you guys all right i'm gonna find out my brother are
1: you sure that's the premise my (laughs) brother well that's not the premise that's not
0: the premise what i'm saying is because of disney's licensing right like all the, the properties that they have that span the marvel universe and then all the like disney like and the princess the, the princess and, movie and, and star wars games. yes exactly exactly mm-hmm. so, basically everything at a comic book convention is owned by disney so like that's just are you yes. talking like yes.
1: the Capcom, like marvel versus blah 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 games it's like not that?
0: limited to that it's know, like but I'm Disney i'm like, Univ- like that it's like that it's so like that it's like
2: disney that. versus marvel
0: yeah, but you could be any, you know what I'm saying? Like it's not even teams. It's like it's it could be like a there are many games within it. So it's like you could do a Street Fighter style game where you fight each other what? or you could do like an adventure Ask game, your brother that's like what
1: a, one that is like I want this game. All
0: right. And also a caveat to our listeners, very often I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so if it if it sounds if you know a lot about video games and it Shout sounds out, like I call it. And if it sounds like I'm making up a video game, tweet
2: us at Media. Yeah.
0: Also, <laughs> or, if, if I you're... I would
2: hire Russell to make this game.
1: I want yeah. It. That's what I was going to say. Someone if you're a video game developer,
0: come yeah. to me. I got ideas, folks. I'm thinking every character in the world fighting each other. That's, that's my elevator pitch. Yes.
2: Mickey versus uh, Thanos. So, yeah. My
0: brother is a big, like, fanboy. <laughs> so, I get a lot of my, like exposure to this kind of stuff through him like he saw the new Spider-Man on opening day every comic book convention I've ever been to has been with him every time I dressed up at a comic book convention it was with him Um, one time you know I I told you I didn't watch all the Marvel movies but like one time I was meeting my brother for lunch and he like picked me up from the train and he was like there's a 3.30 showing of you know Thor Ragnarok we're going right now it was like 3.15 like he didn't he didn't suggest it. He just knew that I wasn't watching Marvel movies and he loved Thor Ragnarok so much. That he, or wait, maybe it was the one before Thor Ragnarok. Whatever. One it of the better Thor mo- not
1: be. I hope not. Which I one was not. the good one? The Ragnarok.
0: Okay, the it was Ragnarok. Ragnarok. It was okay. Ragnarok. It
1: was <laughs> like,
0: I told you I get suspect. things wrong sometimes. All right.
1: The second
2: one is horrible. That's why we don't talk about it. We don't talk about the second one. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Dark one. Uh, so
0: that was supposed to be my easy segue to the new Spider-Man film. Uh, I'm gonna ask you basically the same question, Cat. Like, give us a, an overview of your relationship to the Spider-Man movies and how this one fits in.
2: Okay, so the first Spider-Man that was like the best Spider-Man movie at the time. Are we that talking about Toby? Out.
0: Are we talking about Toby? Home, Maguire? No,
2: Homecoming, Homecoming, Homecoming. Because
0: you know, for some people, the first Spider-Man movie is the Tobey Maguire one, right. right? And that,
2: okay. that that's great on its own. That was the start of Spider-Man, you know, into the film world, and I love it, and I love it because of that. But then, as far as just having the quality, ever since like Iron Man came out, and every all every Marvel movie after, you know, you kind of get like a a certain quality of superhero movie. And so, <clears throat> um, the second Spider Man movie with Andrew Garfield was okay. I did actually work on one of the I worked on the Spider Man Amazing Spider Man two with Andrew Garfield and. I knew it kind of was gonna be eh. So seeing it, I was like, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna cut this franchise, and they did. So when they rebooted rebooted it again, I was like, okay, so what's gonna be different? And then they changed my mind with like they hired the best Spider Man possible, Tom Holland. They have like a really great cast with Marissa Tomei as Aunt May, and even Happy from Iron Man being in the movies too. And so I love. I just love the spider-man he's like true to like the ultimate spider-man comics so i I love him so with the second movie you know this is right after like right after avengers endgame we're still feeling those raw effects i saw endgame three times so i'm i'm still feeling those effects of that movie and you feel that you feel that going in like the first minute it starts off like that and you're just like Oh my gosh, really? But then I find with this movie, it's funnier, and I think they did it on purpose to kind of like lighten up the mood because it did get dark in some parts, as far as relating to Endgame and what happened in the events of Endgame. And so it's like really, really funny, comedic little scenes, and then heavy dark matter, like just about loss and and just revenge. And it was I was just like, wow, this is kind of
0: kind of like Toy Story.
2: Right. That's why I found it funny that all the movies I saw this week, the theme was, "Grow the fuck up and move on." Kind of, <laughs> and I was like, wow. "I think that's I
0: think that's the tagline for Toy Story Four. Toy Story Four. Grow the fuck up and move along and move on. Move for on
2: for real. For real. Yes. MoveOn.org. Right. And Far From Home was very similar because they kept relating things, and it's like you don't have to be that person. You need to just grow up and move on. And I was like, oh my gosh, not another movie. Just like that. But the way it ended, it it definitely sets up for future films. But I will say, it really shocked the fuck out of me. at the, the inc- Like, I, 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 mean, you have to step in on this part because I'm...
0: Yeah, Eeming, same question. What's your relationship <laughs> to Spider-Man and how does Spider-Man coming back home... Part two relates. Far, <laughs> Spidey um, two. Home. Spidey two. How does <laughs> Spidey how does Spidey two relate? Um,
1: okay. Uh, well, if we're gonna go back back in time, then like I was like I was a big fan of, of the first version when it was, when it was uh what's his face uh, McGuire Toby McGuire. I really enjoyed at least the first two because um was it the second one? It really had a lot of um it was right it was right after nine eleven I think it was.
0: So right, they had a right, lot of right. themes
1: about that. So it's very like personal. It's very very historical and personal. Like you could remember your feelings r- around that time too. So it, it, like very um, even now it's very like um, it's a film that really like pops in my brain. Not because of the st- it was actually like, it was good, but you know the, the the memories of the of the time stick out for me. Um, I was a f- I liked um, the second version, at least the, the first one of that. Catwoman. The Andrew, these are the yeah. Andrew Garfield ones. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, the yeah. Amazing
1: Spider-Man series. Called... Okay, yeah, 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 that one. That was all right, but then I never watched the second one that you worked on. So I never bad, nice, that. so real scary. nice,
0: Mang. She said it so, so bad. T-
2: no,
1: she she saved her life.
0: <laughs> well, I remember the Toby, one of the Toby McGuire ones. I thought was so corny. When it it wasn't venom, but it was like kind, you know, like the the like the black the black goo, the black goo that like takes him over, and then he turns into like emo Spider Man, and he's like emo, dancing. Emo,
1: Sp- emo He's like dancing. He
0: he looked like he was in like one of those you know emo bands. My you know, Chemical
2: he, Romance. Yeah, he looked <laughs> like he was a,
0: like it was Spider Man, My Chemical Romance. He had like the black bangs swooped over his eyes, and he was like for some reason dancing in a jazz yeah. club. It was like that scene to me was so corny. And I know that Spider-Man is supposed to be, you know, it's kind—it's of, light, you know what I mean. It's not, you know, there's no Thanos, you know what I'm saying. He's—he's he's a kid, he's a teenager, and he's figuring out his powers, you know what I mean. But I still thought, like, yo man, this, this is whack. So I was out at that point.
2: <laughs> well, that's—he all- slapped Mary Jane. <laughs>
0: well, now that's dark. That's you that know. That part,
2: I was like, okay, what is this movie about?
0: <laughs> yeah, really, and why aren't we spending a little more time <laughs> talking about this? <laughs>
1: right. I was like, oh.
0: Yeah. So are you interested, E-Ming, in seeing this new one? I saw it with Have her seen, already. I saw, see, we
1: saw it together. I don't know I don't I'm know sorry. these things.
0: How am I supposed I to know thought, these things? I saw
1: it together. I, I thought I told you that. I'm sorry. My bad. Uh, no. Um,
0: you know, Spider-Man, <laughs> Enter the Dark. saw it That's, me, that's where I'm at right now. I'm it's in the dark. darkness.
1: That's the Broadway play. <laughs> oh, like, you're right, <laughs> it is. That failed, horrible one that couldn't, like get their stuff to work or something like that.
0: Did, well, they all got injured because they yeah. were supposed to be like web Everyone slinging on stage. So like everybody had broken arm. You know what I'm saying? It was like 10 different spider man It was terrible. Uh, so anyway, you saw it together. Yeah, saw please, it together. please share your thoughts. Well,
1: I think the thing that I like most about this version is that like, because he's so young, it reminds me of like, every dumb thing I, I've ever done <laughs> kind of thing so whenever he's like I'm like don't you fucking do that you idiot I was like oh my god I'm so mad at you right now so I think it, it really like sinks back up to like nostalgia of like being young and thinking like you can like take over the world but reality you're making really dumb ass decisions along the way which I totally mm. relate to on so many different levels um so I think that was one thing that I, well, at least for me,
0: really, really. Um, but you liked it. I mean, you know, yeah. it's a good film. You're into it as one of, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have like kind of a personal relationship to um, uh, the Sp- Spider-Man in general in every iteration because I'm like, I'm a, I was a big comics person. I read a lot of comics when I was a kid. Um, and my dad used to work for DC Comics. Oh. Um, cool. Not Marvel. Sorry, that before. Not Marvel. I want. I want to bring out my, you know, my credentials, my nerd credentials. My he's brother. Like... My my brother goes your to your brother and your father,
1: but you're like,
0: man. Yeah. My brother writes Harry Potter fan fiction. My dad right. worked at DC. Like I'm a legacy nerd. I'm just reluctant so you're to one embrace. Of us. Yes, you're one yes. Of us.
1: So it skipped yes. you. Is that what you're trying to say?
0: It may have skipped. No, I mean when I'm exposed to things, I like them. I don't. I'm not against any he of those. He knows stuff. what I to just, do when like,
1: he's exposed to it. But yeah, exactly. Health, he's just like cat. Yeah, cat. Yeah. He also yeah. hated
0: hated um uh us just fyi such a side track track. you were like just trying to cause trouble i am just trying to cause trouble i totally am yes but But everybody has opinions about movies but that's why it's fun you know what i'm saying you go see them and then you argue about them and that's where friendships happen you know (laughs) what what i'm saying exactly that's what movies are for that's part of the nerd world if we were all agreeing about stuff we wouldn't be nerds okay so I, I defend my position to disagree, but uh, I when I got started getting into comics, my dad and my brother were so into DC Marvel, DC Marvel. This is like in the '80s, you know. So and at the time, I thought DC Marvel comics were kind of corny. They were still printed on newsprint, first of all, which I didn't really like. You know, they didn't have the glossy pages yet, and they just seemed kind of like it wasn't for me, you know. But I got I was it spent so many hours in comic book stores with them that I was able to like dig in the bins and I found other, you know, comic imprints that weren't DC Marvel like indie comics and dark horse and stuff like that and found all these other like dark titles like, you know, what was my favorite Marvel character? Punisher. You know what I mean? Like I found the I found my people in the in the comic book world. And one of the only Marvel comics that I ever really got into was my dad gave me as a birthday gift all his old Spider-Man comics from issue number one. So not like from the 60s because they reissued him again. Like right. in the, It was a, rep- a reprinting from the 70s. So they weren't worth any money but it was still every issue of Spider-Man. And for some okay. reason, I think because I was probably like 10 or 11 years old and to me at that time like a 16 year old was like the coolest person in the world. like, wow, 16 year old, superpowers, you know? And I really related to Peter Parker similar to what you're saying, Ming. And I, so he was like my Marvel guy was Spider-Man. And so every time they come out with a new iteration, I was really excited. But... For a long time, before the Tobey Maguire ones came out, there was no way for a real human to wear a Spider-Man suit and look cool. Because it just looked like he was wearing pajamas, you know? And you couldn't get past that. And even the animation wasn't really that good. But when the Tobey Maguire one came out, I was like, wow. They found out how to make Spider-Man look cool. And I loved that movie. Even though I was, I don't know, 20 or 21 when it came out, I still was, like, blown away. And I think a lot of people were. Because it was kind of, if you think about it, and I'm kind of doing my, like... Comic book movie timeline, like one of the first new comic movies that wasn't a Batman movie that was like cool. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there weren't the Marvel universe hadn't really started yet at that point. The Iron Iron Man didn't come out until many years later. Um, and and Spidey, everybody loves Spidey, you know what I mean? And and the Superman movies from the 80s were also kind of corny and weird. So it felt very new. And I think Spider-Man those that first series deserves a lot of credit for making people think like, hey superhero movies can be good you know what I mean uh and but I just I I tapered off because this is my issue with reboots and sequels I I like I don't want to say I get bored but I'm kind of just like I don't have the attention span to like all right let me see what the Andrew Garfield one's gonna be like let me see what this new kid's gonna be like even though if I see them I like them I'm just like not highly motivated so but now that I'm talking to you two and getting a favorable review I'm gonna go to see Spider-Man: Enter the Dark, coming home, <laughs> part Spider-Man two. Spidey two. Oh my god, Sp- Spidey two. We'll just call it Spidey two. Spidey yeah.
1: two. Yes. Spidey but also, two. it's a commitment, Russell, because like <laughs> these movies didn't get good till like recently. So yeah. if you were a fan from like the really sad days of Fox producing X-Men movies, yeah. <laughs> and you're, you're, you're just like, come on, come on. Yeah. If I just keep watching it and waiting, eventually mm-hmm. it's gonna get good at it and luckily it did (laughs) so it's
0: right it just took over 15 years to do that though yeah i know the thing is you know this is another thing about my exposure it's like my brother goes to see every single comic book movie whether or not it's good you know what i'm saying like he'll read every review and people will say this is trash but for him he's like i have to see it to know you know what i mean Um, so i was like so if I was in, and that's a real fan, that's what you do. You you call it, you go see it, even if it's just to criticize it. So I got dragged along, you know, like I was visiting him in LA and he's like, all right, let's go. Fantastic four. You know, oh, and wait, which and one, I was like, which one, who knows? The one with Jessica Alba in it. Oh, that's all okay. I remember. The first- oh, okay. That's the first yeah. one. Okay. Yeah. But even that one, I, I was just like, yo, man, this, yeah. is, this is rough stuff, but man. I
2: like how you're saying that because they're going to reboot that for the I mean, third of, time. Of
0: course they are. Of course they are. Well, but I heard. Know? I also heard, like, it's interesting how they all goes in waves. Like, for a while, like, X-Men kind of was, like, the good comic book movies, you know? Yeah. And then now they're they're whack. They don't even say X-Men in the title anymore. They're so whack. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, <gosh.
0: laughs> I yeah. mean, you know, I know I'm throwing a little shade on the X-Men, but sorry, no, guys. No, but like, you're,
2: you're 100% yeah. correct because... Yeah. That could segue into the Dark Phoenix. I saw that too. Did you and see Dark Phoenix? That's a reboot.
0: not yet another X Men reboot. That was
2: a really, because that was the because the reboot. first one was the last, the, the third okay, the third X Men movie ever, The Last Stand, was covering the Dark Phoenix story, but they didn't do a good job of covering that in like a two hour period, where while this whole first class series. Okay, how do I start? The last movie, the worst one, the Apocalypse one. And this doesn't make sense. That movie teased Dark Venus. But let me explain why it's so messed up. Because in that movie, it takes place in the 80s. And, you know, Apocalypse is like the most powerful mutant ever. And so, and he had his four horsemen. And so, they're you know, they're in Egypt fighting or whatever. And then Gene you know she's a powerful mutant she comes out and she unleashes this crazy power out of nowhere doesn't explain it whatever as a fan you're like oh is that her phoenix powers but wait how does she get her phoenix powers cuz well, but movie, you would a you're a
0: fan so you would have to you have that background right. cuz you're familiar with the comics but a, right. a casual a viewer person, you're just like, would just be like where would that come from Right? And still,
2: yeah. you're like, where'd that come from?
0: Yeah, yeah. Even, even as yeah, a non comic you know. person, you're yeah. just like, how? Yeah.
2: So then, even if you're a non comic person and you're going into Dark Phoenix, understanding the story, you're going to be like, but wait, this event that happened to her to get the powers happened after the events of her fighting Apocalypse. So, what does that mean? We don't know. That's just bad writing.
0: Yeah. But well, Dark
2: Phoenix, <laughs> the movie itself was a disaster. It was, I think I wrote a whole giant review on it on Facebook. I, I was very honest and very vivid with my descriptions. Um, it's literally just bad writing all overall, not understanding the characters, even making the characters, characters relatable to people who do not know the comics. They could not do it. Yeah. Um, the editing was horrible because it looked like they were taking like, you know, okay, so when you're filming a movie, you know, you take lots of takes of of scenes it's like they took the first two takes and just slid them in the movie. Well, you because know J-Law just
1: wanted to get in and out of that. She was trying to do retakes. She wouldn't get out of that but the, blue suit right, she, but was it, 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 she was it She was like She read like she was done and everything. She's like, I just want to get out she, of this
2: so bad. J-Law, J-Law was in cosplay of her own character. How <laughs> are you going to do that? Like, her makeup and her wig look Great value all around. I and used to
0: I'm- I used to think that about Katy Perry. Like I always thought, like Katy Perry looked like a drag queen dressing up like Katy Perry. You know what, what I mean? Like, because <laughs> her co- her costumes and her makeup were like so outrageous that it would like left the kind of like that realm and turned camp, which to me like she, camp always signals drag. She wants
2: to be, be camp. That's yeah. kind
0: of what I thought. So I was like, where's the real Katy Perry? If this is someone who's dressing up right. to look like she, Katy she's Perry, dressing up to. But be that was it. her brand was camp. Uh, Before, you know, I said some mean things about X-Men. I just want to say one thing about Mm -hmm. X-Men. I also have a personal attachment to X-Men because when I was a kid, the X-Men trading cards were very popular. And I was really into, like, I loved collecting cards of any kind. Like, I started with baseball cards because I love baseball, but I just got hooked on collecting cards. So that translated everything. like. You know, I was the right age for like new kids. New Kids on the Block, like New Kids on the Block cards came out. I was like, I didn't even like New Kids on the Block, but I, I was like, those. I was like, I gotta get every New Kid. You know what I mean? I was like buying packs of New Kid, like as if I was like an eight-year-old girl. I was, like, buying New Kids on the Block cards. And then when X-Men came out, it was a big deal because there were holograms, you know? Mm. So, like, you had to buy a bunch of packs to get the holograms and people were, like, trading. And I I was really sucked into that world. So, I learned, before ever reading X-Men comics, I learned the whole X-Men universe by collecting X-Men cards. Like, I learned all the characters' Mm. names and powers and everything like that. And the one thing, like, once the movie started to come out and I went back and read the comics. This is true in a lot of comics, but I think it's more true in X-Men than others. And, and also more true of Marvel comics than DC, but that's debatable. Um, X-Men is political. Mm-hmm. like ex- yeah, sure. expressly and yeah. explicitly political from like magneto's yep. backstory mm-hmm. in the, the holocaust, the holocaust. Yep. like helping you know it's like i always like when you understand a villain's motivation i never like it when a bad guy is just evil i always need to know like what's your story man how'd you get here this ex- he has
2: a story
0: this extends to family yeah. members friends and super villains you know what right. i'm saying how did you get this way and i thought magneto was presented really well because he, he's sympathetic man anybody right. who survived that of course is going to be really damaged right. and traumatized so i was like i kind of felt for magneto i like to feel for my villains because I, I often root for the bad guys but that's another he's conversation
1: he's my favorite villain ever he's a great villain well, he's the, a great in, villain in the in the in the uh the movies they had really good scenes of him just his story right. like this could be he a the movie. movie i was like it was, was its own, own film it was there. like a
0: surprise holocaust movie like they snuck a holocaust movie in no St. after that like,
1: after that movie it, oh. it was a a cat do you remember uh, uh, it's when he's like living in the forest and he has yeah, like a wife and a kid, and was. he's like dedicated to only them. And then these fucking was apocalypse movie. I don't remember. Maybe it's, it was like some, It's after first class. It was the only before. good part of that movie that I liked. Was that? Right. And then that was, that was a whole separate movie. Exactly. Movie. And then they, they came for him and they killed his family because the bullet oh. bullet strayed because he was doing something, and it killed his kid and his wife. Like, I was like, oh my god,
0: not this not. is horrible. Well, there are a lot. I mean, it doesn't doesn't just end with Magneto. I think one of... You guys can help me with which movie this was, or maybe not, because it's even confusing for you guys to figure out which mm-hmm. movie was what, which I feel a little better about. <laughs> but there was a whole subplot. I think it was the second... Like main X Men movie, if that helps you guys to remember, but there was a uh, like there was an idea that like the government was like, hey, there's like a quote unquote cure for being a mutant, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and right. some mutants were like, oh great, finally we don't have to be like outsiders in society, mm-hmm. and everybody else was like, well, what do you mean? This is who we are. There's, there's not a cure. There's nothing wrong with us, you know. Mm-hmm. And my brother is the one who explained to me that that was supposed to be like a very like powerful metaphor for the gay community. You know what I mean? Like, and and even the writers who were writing that and when the first comic came around, they were kind of like imagining a world where like there were political solutions to people who were marginalized by like, hey, now you can just be mainstream, you can be different or whatever, be not you you know and I thought like well that's pretty deep man and that can extend to any number of people who are marginalized or considered different or even people who have some mental illness or something you right. know what I mean right. uh, and the Wolverine movie with, with the with Sabretooth you know they're like they're war vets man those yeah. guys have PTSD. Well, Punisher is really the, the main PTSD. He's the number
2: one. He's one. the
0: PTSD guy. And they keep every time there's a new war, they reboot the Punisher comics. They're like, oh, he's a Vietnam this is so vet. True. Like, nope, he's a Gulf War vet. Nope, he's an Iraq vet. Nope, he's a second Iraq vet. You right. know, now he's in Afghanistan. Now he's, you know what I'm saying? he's fighting secret wars in South America. And I mean that's one of the real values of comics and the comics I like the most are the ones that have those kind of like political, historical, kinda of like you were saying about Spider Man E where it's like, the trauma of 9-11 informed like Spider-Man's experience because it makes it more relatable. Like if you got people who are like flying through outer space and, you know, fighting a villain who eats galaxies for breakfast, like sometimes I get a little lost in Galactus. Yes, I'm referring to Galactus. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. It gets so far removed sometimes that, uh, I, it's hard for me. Even though I know that's fun and that's part of the nature of fantasy, but like when it's a lot more grounded, when it's a guy like Punisher who doesn't have any powers, he's just really disturbed and he thinks he's doing the right thing, but he's like kind of not doing the right thing. Like, I'm into that. I love the anti hero. You know what I mean? Relatable yeah. for me.
2: Yes. Yeah. I, I, feel that. Because growing up, Wolverine was my favorite character because of his trauma and how yeah. that kind of shaped him mm-hmm. into, uh, like, his skills, like, you know, he started with just bone claws, and then he got into mm-hmm. the
0: whole,
2: you know, experiment, and then he got the, you know, the, yeah. the strength and well, Wolverine, everything. Wolverine,
0: it's hard not to love Wolverine, man. I, <laughs> I mean, know. Wolverine, it's a shame that, and you guys, maybe I'm getting this wrong, but, like, it's a shame that the X-Men haven't found their way into, I'm sure it's that they're owned by a different licensing property, but, well, like, now, where now, are they now in the Marvel they, now. now
1: they are owned by Disney, Finally. which means Marvel has them now. back. Yes. So, is, so, is
0: is Wolverine going to fight Hulk or something? Like, what's up? Let's anything's go. Anything's possible.
1: Anything's <laughs> possible. It's a multi-universe, bitch. It's multi-universe. <laughs> the
0: video game is coming true.
1: Yeah, it yeah. really is because
2: like, there's rumors saying they're going to introduce Deadpool in the the, the, the yeah, Spider-Man 3 in the future.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, hey, you know, I I'm... love
2: Spidey, Deadpool scenes in the comics. They're right. going to now be playing out in the video or in the movie and I'm like... Still here
0: for it. I'm glad you mentioned Deadpool because this is another point that my brother made that really blew me away. First of all, this whole episode is me just repeating things my brother <laughs> told me. <laughs> but That's fine. you gotta learn. You gotta learn brother. from somewhere. You know brother. what I'm saying? The <laughs> all, all credit, all credit right. due to all credit due to Matt. Matt keeps me schooled on these things, but he has really good, good insights. You know, um, but his insight about. Um, Uh, Deadpool was a really good one which was like he didn't go see it because he's like man Ryan Reynolds is whack I never even liked Deadpool anyway right like I don't want to see you know what I'm saying and then finally it came out on video and like I said he has to watch everything she's like all right fine I'll watch Deadpool and he loved it and he the reason he loved it was like oh it's not like the best movie by by a long shot but it shows that superhero movies can be anything right Mm -hmm. like Deadpool is like a raunchy comedy. Right. It's it's like R-rated. There's all kinds of like sex jokes and, and profanity. Right. Uh, and he's he's also he's another anti-hero, you know. Uh, and it came out around the time as the Wolverine, which one is the Wolverine one where it's like Professor X is living in the desert in Mexico Logan. and it's like
2: That's Logan. Logan.
0: Right. Okay. So it was right around when Logan came out, and he was like, "Yeah, dude, Logan is like a western." You know yeah, what I'm saying? It like really it's is. a different you're using comic books to tell different like film genre stories and you know when when thor finally got good is when thor became a comedy yeah you know what i'm saying like and, and i was like he's right he's right like the, you know, com- the the source material of comic books is so rich these characters are so developed that if you're a filmmaker you can kind of choose the genre choose the right era smart of the comic <laughs> smart yeah Sorry, smart I filmmaker. Say that in there. Yeah. Not, i mean you know they're out there not they're not obviously lighter yeah Right. <laughs> nice Th- thanks for this later yeah nice it's burn. like
2: it's like um Captain America I didn't really like the first one, but it didn't but the second one I was one of my favorites it was, Soldier. A political, it was a political thriller like it was mm-hmm. it was amazing as far as perfect thrillers are go as far as like when you write a perfect thriller it had yeah. everything it covered everything, but it was under the superhero genre and I really love the winter soul like that's one
1: of my favorites and it was yeah. a lightweight love story between bucky and steve yeah. <laughs> yes nice he was so well,
0: hot uh i will i feel like i'm like you know i started this off by saying eh, i'm gonna mix up the movie titles i don't know that much but now i'm like hey you know what thanks matt i kind of do know enough that i can keep up with these conversations <laughs> Good so job. I'm, not, Good job. Uh, I'm not tooting my own horn but it's okay to be proud of yourself you Good know job. what i mean
1: Good job. It's uh, okay. it's i solid. do have okay.
0: We uh we obviously we have to come back and do this again because this needs to be a regular feature. Just I mean we were gonna t- touch on all reboots and everything, but like just let, leaving it at comic books is great. <laughs> Personally, we can talk con- about this for comics, days. Comics period. But I do wanna before we wrap up, I do wanna share one story because I mentioned my dad earlier and I mentioned that he worked for DC Comics. One of his legacies at DC Comics is that he worked there in the seventies, right? And when Muhammad Ali was still like a huge figure, uh, and they did one issue of Superman that was Superman versus Muhammad Ali, right? Oh, yeah. And the premise was, you know, aliens come down to Earth. Like, you know, DC was trying to cash in on the popularity of Star Wars, like the first Star Wars movies that just came out. So, it was like, yo, everybody loves aliens and, you know, let, let's capitalize on that. So, some approximation of a Star Wars alien because they didn't have the licensing because George Lucas Mm -hmm. is smart about his licensing until he got rid of it. But that's another conversation. Right, right. (laughs) Um even that I think was a smart move, arguably. But again another conversation. Uh you know, aliens come to Earth, right? And they like are gonna take over the planet and somehow they negotiate something. Like, all right, you know, you choose your strongest human to fight our strongest alien and whoever wins that fight, like if you win, then we'll just leave, we won't take over Earth you know, but if you lose, then we're going to take over Earth. And Superman was like, all right, you know, I'm Superman. So of course I'm going to do this fight. And then Muhammad Ali was like, whoa, 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 hold up. He's like, I'm the boxer. You know what I mean? Like you might be Superman, but I'm a better fighter than you. I should be the one to do it. So they have to have a fight first. Superman and Muhammad Ali have a boxing match, right? And the the cover of the comic is you know superman and Ali. they both have their gloves on they're about to go at it and there's a whole arena and dc decided to do the cover with like every face was like a real person so like jimmy carter was the president at the time Mm -hmm. he was in there batman was in the crowd you know lex Luthor was in the crowd and then a bunch of other people and the other faces was the whole staff of dc comics so if you look at the cover of this issue my dad's face, like, be- between Muhammad Ali's knees, you know, like, an inch high, <laughs> is, like, my dad in the crowd, like, smiling. And that's, you know, I have it framed and put it up on my wall and stuff like that. So but cool. part of the reason I like that is another nod to the political thing, which, like, they were very ahead of their time about, like, spite. I mean, even though technically Superman is, like, a- an alien, so he's not, like, right. a white man. But, like, right. you know, for all intents and purposes, Clark, Clark Kent's a white man and Superman's yeah. a white man in the comics. Right. You know, there was a lot of, like... I mean, maybe I'm injecting race where it isn't, but in that comic, it felt like you know Superman was like very presumptuous, man. You know what I'm saying? He was like, "I got this," and it was like Ali, and because Ali wins the fight, Ali beats Superman, cause Super- like. yeah, and then he's like, "I'm gonna do the fight," and there was most of it took place in Harlem because that's where the aliens happened to land. Mm-hmm. Of course. Mean? So there's like yeah, I mean, you know, why not? It's like attack the block, right? It's like you don't right. know what aliens are going to land. You think they're going to go to like the Capitol building in DC, but they could just land in the, they, they land in the what, hood. What what if they land in the hood? Then they're, they're, they're really not fucked. Survive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it works out better for earthlings if they land in right. the hood. So aliens, listen, stay away from the hood if you want to make it.
2: No, please land in the hood. I, I can give you a list of neighborhoods you can you can park your little shift by. Come out with some guns. We'll
1: see what we're gonna yeah. get it popping.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's what we need to do is start setting up the beacons, you know, in the hood so that we can protect ourselves from aliens. Like the, beacon. <laughs> the beacons. Like the beacons.
1: That was right. <laughs> Fandoms. Nice. No, fandom. Wrong <laughs> nice. wrong fandom cat. Wrong fandom. <laughs> yeah.
0: I felt like by introducing Attack the Block, I was mentioning a film that wasn't maybe it was a comic book, but I was mentioning a film that wasn't a comic book but was still oh, in, in the sci fi realm. Right. You know what I'm saying? I love that movie so, so much. Attack the Block is great. It is excellent. Also because it is like a fascinating cultural experience to be like, hmm, mm-hmm. British hoods. Tell me more. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? British like, different. <laughs> yes. But same, same, but different. You know so what I mean? Still
2: scary, still yeah. dangerous, still but they, they held it down. Yeah. And Attack the block.
0: Yo, when me and I saw that with my brother too, when we left there, we were talking like those kids for weeks. Right. Attack yeah. the block. You know, it's space aliens in it, in it, in it. We couldn't stop saying in it after we saw that movie. <laughs> that's
2: like, yeah, yes, that's like every British. If it's yeah. like a British movie where it's like in the hood slash, you know, in the common areas. i would yeah. be like, oh my gosh, your slang is so cool. Yo,
0: working class British slang is where it's song. at. It's the right. language of the future. You know what I'm saying? Right. Eventually we're all gonna be talking like MIA. You know what I mean? <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> God willing. God willing. Um All right. Literally, I wanna thank both of you. I have
1: one last thing for you. Yes. I thought yes. w- w- since you since you mentioned your dad, I thought I mentioned my mom and a weird story about Deadpool. Weird, me. But so so my mother hates violence in all forms. She hates watching violence on television. No matter what it is, she's like, oh, turn that shit off. Um, and so she told me, she, oh, I went to go see Deadpool. And I was like, you went to go see Deadpool. And I was like, did you like it? And she went, yeah, it was the best movie ever. And I was like, are you still my mother? <laughs> are you a pod person now? Because I'm confused. <laughs> It was like that's I mean, the most if... violent movie I can think of that she would watch. Like that's not like something else. Was, like, but what it's did good. She, what does she like about
2: it? Does she like Ryan Reynolds? She liked did she like the humor? everything.
1: She liked every everything. part of it. Maybe
0: your mom has Maybe a crush the- on Ryan Reynolds.
1: No, she likes Asian dudes. <laughs>
0: Oh, well, obviously. That's why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you I mean you set me up for that. I can't be fault. Somebody had to say it. If I didn't say it, Kat was going to say
1: it. <laughs> I was going to say it. <laughs> yeah, she was she thinking said, it. Oh, she, she would was never say it. that, but you I fucking would, Russell. I, I know you fucking
0: would.
2: It was five Good. light years ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I
0: couldn't I couldn't mm-hmm. wait for you to finish the sentence so mm-hmm. I could say it. it was I was like, like sh- sitting over there like, ooh, this is my chance.
1: <laughs> Play ya, partner.
0: Nice. Ha. That's uh, all right, this, this conversation was a breeze and a joy. I'm sure that our listeners enjoyed it at least as much as I did because uh, I'm over the moon. I want this to be our official pop culture tribunal. We can allow others into the tribunal as long as we vote and make sure that, you know, they can enter the tribunal. But I feel confident now that I know enough to keep up in these conversations. And now that I've seen every Harry Potter movie, which I didn't, <laughs> which I did in one week. I would never seen one. I saw them oh, all. And guess who made me do it? My brother made me sit down and watch every Harry Potter brother.
1: movie. Russell. Shout out to brother. Yeah. Russell. brother. Shout out to Matt. If you want to get in this little tribunal, you have to watch Lord of the Rings. <laughs>
0: Bro, And, I can't and do it. enjoy yes. it, can't and be it.
1: able to <laughs> throw throw me quotes like, "What do yo L I C Legolas?"
0: Guys, I thought I'm not even in yet. I gotta do more, more shit Did to get in. Did
1: you that? watch Narnia? I didn't see Narnia. Or Narnia. No,
0: wait, the Chronicles of like like Narnia. The,
2: those are the things you have to like.
0: I, I You know what? I read some of those books, actually, when I was a kid. I, I or found Game of
2: Thrones. At least start with Game of
0: Thrones. Oh, God, you guys, I got to pass through the fire to, to be one of you. Is this, what, this is what's yeah. happening. I can't be okay. in okay. the tribunal. Okay, okay, so that's
2: fantastic. What about sci-fi, like Star Wars? Yeah, I'm, I'm
0: covered on sci-fi. I got aliens. all the sci-fi. Star Wars, aliens, Although, anything in space. We had
1: a debate about Star Trek one day, and I was not happy with them. Star Trek?
0: Oh, I'm a next generation guy.
1: Me too. There you go.
0: There you go. What are you Voyager? E-Ming? is that what our argument was? About? I like
2: all of them, but Next Generation is just my favorite because that I felt was the show I felt like I identified the most with. Yeah. yeah. I, I I love like Geordie and I love yeah. Data. Data was my favorite character, but just because Patrick Stewart was like the best captain ever. Yes he's number yeah.
0: one and also because number one always sat backwards on chairs as we know <laughs> right <laughs> Every, everybody knows he likes to sit backwards on a chair he's the cool guy he's the cool handsome guy what's not to love to i will okay so i will <laughs> i will end the show with one insight one theory that i have about fantasy versus sci-fi and we can use this to as a start off for our next show are you guys ready? Right. Okay. When I was a kid, and and my brother has been proven wrong about this theory because he now loves fantasy, but when my brother was a kid, he loved everything sci-fi. He was like Star Trek, Star Wars, anything in outer space. He loved Flash Gordon. He's like, Gimme a spaceship, gimme an alien, I'm in, right? But if there was dragons and sorcerers, he was like, I'm not so into it. And his theory was, listen, if you're gonna be a nerd, you gotta choose, man. You gotta decide whether it's gonna be dragons and wizards or if it's going to be spaceships and aliens, you know? And he said, I chose my nerd and I chose spaceships and aliens. And then we had a developing theory about this. And this is something I came up with on my own kind of in conversation with him, which was sci-fi is really the more progressive fantasy because sci-fi is much more multicultural. You know what I'm saying? It's like about, it uses aliens to talk about like, You know, different races and encountering different kinds of people and persecution and marginalization. You have much more actors of color, characters of color, whether they're human or not. Um, And they're talking about coexisting, peaceful coexisting in the future. Right. And overwhelmingly fantasy is all white people. And it's kind of like a fetishized version of the old world europe from the middle ages and it's kind of like make europe great again basically which is like once upon a time everybody was white and there was dragons and swords and, and you know what i'm saying that's the ideal world mm-hmm. and my brother and i kind of thought like yeah if you're someone who chooses dragons and broadswords, maybe you're someone that does thinks it's a little too spicy if it's a multicultural sci-fi world, you know? And that's, theory has since been proven wrong because nerd culture is so pervasive that nobody's, there is no binary anymore. Everybody loves everything for the most part. Um, but I think that would be a good starting place for a conversation if you guys are willing to have it. Sci-fi versus fantasy. Yes. Pop culture tribunal episode two. You guys into it?
2: Yeah. Yes.
0: All right, all right. Uh, yes. Many, many, obviously. (laughs) There's (laughs) like we could be on here for another hour just doing comic books. Um, So many, many thanks to both of you. This has really been a delight, Eman Cat. This is the Tribunal. I'm gonna do everything you ask of me in order to be accepted into the Tribunal. I'm
2: not gonna watch the Lord of the Rings.
0: Rings. Uh, Bro, I saw the first one. I saw the first one. Did you fall? You watched
1: the theatrical version. Did you fall asleep?
0: uh no but when i when it ended i was like wait what did you guys just run out of time you decided to say this one's over now he watched
2: the theatrical version because no one would say that but it was the regular extended see that's
0: how far removed i am from this world man that's how far there's two versions of each movie
1: now i know what to buy you for your for christmas
0: oh god thank you that's very nice thank you and thank you i realized i was i realized i was being ungrateful about a gift offer oh uh, but russell yes. hey
2: guess what? what they're doing a lord of the rings tv show on amazon in the next what three years it's Finally. the most expensive tv show in history they're spilling sp- spending billions of dollars and it's gonna be about like the time when Aragorn's young or whatever, He's but it's gonna be about like pre 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 stuff of Lord of the Rings. So it's behooves you to watch Lord of the Rings. Listen. So when next man, show comes out, listen, you can be like, Oh if, if
0: they make if they decide that the Hobbits are Latino and the Elves are black, I'm in. I'm in. But up until then, I need a more multicultural oh, fantasy oh, realm.
1: that's what we're hoping for this new TV show. I know okay. what we can do. Since since Kevin loved Lord of the Rings and we're about to have a Kevin uh, Weston month. I uh, think you should watch it and then come on the show and talk about it, Russell. Hey.
0: Fine. D- don't invoke Kevin's legacy to <laughs> make me go see some fantasy. All right, He loved right.
1: that damn book.
0: What have I signed up for here? What have I signed up
1: for So here? many things and I'm so excited. You just said fantasy,
2: fantasy versus sci-fi. That's, that's, you said it.
0: All right, I did say it. I didn't know I was going to have to learn you more about fantasy. Yeah. I, thought it, I, just, it, I, I thought I could it. just... I thought I could just... I thought I could Everything. judge it at distance. You know no. what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, <laughs> you gotta be in it to win it. Mm. Alright,
0: that's fair. That's fair. I'll do my homework and we shall reconvene as a, as a podcast, sci-fi, fantasy, tribunal, uh, the nerd crew, right, nerd so, tribunal, so whatever you want to call it. I just want to put
1: there for the podcast. It. Russell is actually going to watch Lord of the Rings in the Nobody month Nobody said August. that. Oh, you are?
0: You're just I, saying it because you, you know it's to something my, I don't want to do. I'm going to
1: put I'm it in this. A... <laughs> Can I read
0: the books instead? I would actually rather read the books.
1: I, I
2: suggest reading the books, but I mean, whatever is easier for you, because the movies are pretty much close, but the books offer more characters, but yeah. the books are just just as good. All
0: right. I'm going to have to think on this, guys. You've, you've given me a lot to think it's about. It's going to be
2: like, oh, shucks. I, I mean, you know,
0: I, if, if I already saw the first one, all I got to do is watch the last two, and everybody said they kept getting better and better, and the third one was the best one. Yeah. It All won right, an Academy so.
1: Award. No.
0: That means nothing. Crash won it an Academy won 12 Award. It won Oscar. Yeah, and Crash was one of the worst movies ever made, and it won That's by true.
2: That was not a good year. Yeah. I mean, Crash English, was trash. Green, Green Book won. It should have been Black Panther for sure. But yeah. that's another episode. That like, is
0: another. <laughs> yeah. So well, we're going to have an Oscars episode. Even though the Academy Awards are months and months away, we always do I an do Academy Oscar Awards
2: predictions episode. every year.
0: Nice. We'll exactly. help. We'll help our listeners fill out their ballots with all of the special yes. insight we have from the tribunal. Yes. Um, all right. Now I'm going to try and wrap up for the fourth time. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Not that the interruptions weren't good. They were all good interruptions. <laughs> Not for uh, you, but. Thank you to you, e as always. I, I love it when you're a guest. And now that we've found the thing that you really want to talk about, we're going to make you be a guest even more. All right?
1: Yay. Kat, you are
0: a dream. Kat, you're a dream. You're a gift. You're a shining star. You'll be back many, many times. It's, it's <laughs> lovely to finally meet you and finally do a podcast together. Thanks to both of you. And thanks to our listeners. Until next time, twist on, everybody. Quest on. e can I, just, can I
1: sleep on this <laughs> This episode of Quest on Media's Margin Call was produced in Richmond, California.